Hi there. Oh, hi. We were just enjoying Toto. Yes. Uh, Makers of such hits as Rosanna, Hold the Line, Africa, and uh, of course the Dune soundtrack. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You didn't record the part where I knew the words, just the part where I was uh, shuffling back and forth hopelessly. Well, I mean, I think that's just as important as the words, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, We have a good reason to be talking about those things. Yes, we do. Because, hold on. Fuck. We've got breaking news. We need, like, a more of a siren that's, like, a siren for, like, an alert. That's, like, a police siren. But that's breaking news. Uh, Donald Trump has been arrested. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, maybe Tuesday, you will hear about this, but, uh, so we're going to be late on, like, it's, it's breaking news, but it's, uh, it's yesterday's breaking news today <laughs> at Rank <laughs> Raincoat News. <laughs> yesterday's breaking news today. Yeah, that's uh, it. Reported with assumptions of what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, it's, <laughs> well, there's one way to know to know this in time and that is to subscribe to patreon and get early access perhaps 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 so but uh no this is a based on a post he himself released on social media like a couple hours ago i guess (laughs) oh okay yeah uh i think he's going to be indicted for the whole stormy daniels thing which is the only reason i'm really bringing it up because it is porn adjacent oh okay yeah. yeah famously he uh raw dogged her and paid a lot of hush money for it not to come out Right. And I think he forgot to dot some I's and cross some T's, so it did come out. But uh, apparently the entire uh, cover-up scheme itself is illegal, and uh, the Southern District of New York is maybe going to take him down finally at last. <laughs> uh, there's no way he can slip out of this one, though, is what I'm thinking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, after everything he's made his way through, this will be the one that yeah, does gonna, him in. They're going to nail him. <laughs> And people are going to say, oh, that's not fair that he's getting a raw deal. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you, the raw deal is the reason he's in this mess. Oh, yeah. The raw deal of the raw dog. Yeah, the raw dog deal. And really, Stormy Daniels got the rawest deal of them all. Yeah. Yeah, she did. Um, So that's breaking raincoat news. But yeah, we've got a really great film to talk about this week, and uh, we're talking about drumming, we're talking about uh, African-American experience. Yes, uh, the arts programs of New York. We're going to talk about uh, funk legend. I'm going back to the drumming again. No, we're. Um, I'm gonna let you talk for a minute. We're gonna talk about uh, wild houses that people owned in the '70s. Oh yeah, that was a wild house or wild condo or what have you. Wild lodging of some yeah. sort. Some kind of uh, office space, perhaps. 
I'm not really sure. Uh, but we'll get to all of that, because today we're talking about Lila from 1974. Yeah, we're not talking about the Derek and the Dominoes hit that your dad loves. <laughs> well, probably you love if you're like, I feel like they're the target audience of this podcast generally. People that love Eric Clapton's music. <laughs> well, are in the age demographic at the very least. I don't know. Yeah, we'll... Uh... We'll you, have to figure that out. That'll you, be part of our studies at the Raincoat Institute. I so say, do you get age demographics when you see who's listening? Do they give you a little uh, little report? Uh, I think they do, but I don't pay attention to it. Great. I don't want to know. <laughs> but Lila. Yes, Lila. So this is the one and only film directed and written by Baron Berkovici. I think you're fucking that up. Let me I'm look pretty at it. sure it is fucked uh, up. I'm going to say Baron Berkovici. That's That sounds like it's yeah. probably more accurate. Because yeah. there's Vichy France, and that's when the Nazis were kind of holding the whole thing. So that's where I'm getting Vichy from. The rest, uh, I think it's how you pronounce Berko. Berkovici. 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 But, uh, yeah, this is... Uh, one of the very rare of the time uh, African-American-focused hardcore films of the 70s. Yeah, almost uh, entirely black cast. Yes, um, and uh, because of that, we have not seen most of the people in this cast before. No, I think there's one of the only names I recognize as white, and that's uh, just a, like a minor appearance from Andrea True. Yes, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, the rest of the people in here, uh, most of them, I clicked on them, and they were only in this movie. That makes sense. There's one-timers. But, uh, you know, they do a good job for their uh, level of experience, for sure. And uh, it's a very interesting movie. Uh, it takes some twists and turns that are amusing, like many of the movies uh, in this genre. But it also just kind of really changes focus in the third act in a weird way. And it sure does. It becomes a... Uh, well, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Uh, it's basically Cafe Flesh, but... <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's say, Lila, not Layla. I would say maybe a little more like behind the green door. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah probably more behind the, the green door. i say it's not as... Uh, it's not as extravagant as Cafe Flesh. Speaking of Cafe Flesh, uh, Stephanie sent us like a text of some a porno video someone found in a wall. Oh yeah, and yeah. there was a uh, was it three films? There was uh, Cafe Flesh. Yep. Uh, a thousand and one, one erotic nights. Yes, and then something called Loose Screws, I believe. Yes. Which you think might be the sequel to Screwballs and not a porno film, but it, we're it, not entirely sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. I hadn't really done my research. I just knew that uh, Loose Screws was the name of uh, the sequel to Screwballs. I feel like there's a better than average chance there's probably a porno called Loose Screws, though. Maybe it takes place in an asylum like uh, Defiance. Defiance of Good, whatever that was called. Yeah, the Defiance of Good. Yeah, the Defiance of Good. That's a, that's a deep cut. I'm gonna go way back to hear that one. That was the year of the cat. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah I heard that on the radio yesterday. It really got me thinking. Well, uh, let me go back several minutes because I've uh, done my research now, and uh, our audience, as of today, based off of the Spotify demographics. 
uh, is 54% between the ages of 35 and 44. Oh, yeah. But the second highest demographic is 60 plus. Fuck yeah. I love- which is 26%. They love us. <laughs> they really do. I'm going to have to start pandering to them more. I feel like uh, every time we get in a political conversation, we say things to drive them away. And yeah, we peel them off just a little bit <laughs> at a time. It's fine. They, uh, they're understanding of our views. Uh, yeah. The Internet Adult Film Database does not have uh, loose screws as the name of a porno. Doing a shit ton is, of research over there. Which is interesting. You'd think that there would be a loose screws. There, you would think that there would be like four movies called Loose Screws. Yeah, very obvious. So choice. maybe it is just uh, the sequel to Screwballs. There's a movie. Yeah, he just had a normal one on there for fun. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like a it's, like it's a, a sex, sex comedy. Yeah, but like it's not. Uh, it's not hardcore. It's no cafe flesh. No, it's no cafe flesh. So strange to have that as your hidden jerk off material. <laughs> maybe he's just trying to be uh, economic with his uh, VHS tapes. I think so. He just I mean, puts... if he's got three movies on there, he's recording it in like super long play mode, so it probably looks like shit too. Yeah, that's uh, that's the hidden wall. Porn report. There's so much breaking news today to even really even get into the movie. Well, I mean, let's think about this. We've told our audience repeatedly to smash into their walls and look for pornography. This is possibly someone who listened to the show but didn't report it. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. I'd like to think that we should take credit for this. I bet our older listeners probably like their their home is an investment because they get to own one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They don't want to smash up their walls. Uh, my brother accidentally knocked a hole into his wall, though, so uh, oh, maybe yeah. when they're fixing that, we'll find something good. Was he trying to get a cat out of the wall? Uh, Yes. Okay. Yeah, he was. That makes sense. No, I thought maybe he had smashed it in anger, <laughs> and I was concerned about him, but uh, he's just clumsy and doesn't know how to like move shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know how it goes. Yeah, I get it. Uh, my life is a series of calamities, so. Mine too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just one catastrophe after another. But uh, what's not catastrophic is this film soundtrack provided by a man I didn't know much about, but have probably heard on uh, quite a few tracks I've listened to over the years. Uh-huh. Uh, Bernard Purdy. Yes. Yes. A, uh, and He and his band actually appear in the film. Uh, this was a man who had worked with like Aretha Franklin for like five years and everything, so huh. it, it's pretty cool that he had, uh, I guess maybe, I'm going to say stepped down. He stepped up. Yeah. He's the, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember who did Body Love anymore. Uh, it's a guy I like. But, uh, Lassa Braun? Yeah, he did, He directed it, but the, the soundtrack was oh, by uh, I don't one of the guys from Tangerine Dream. I oh, forget okay. which one. But uh, he's like that, but for uh, African-American pornography. Yeah. One of the greats. Just uh, filling in. But uh, he's worked with a ton of different artists, James Brown, obviously Aretha Franklin. I had a whole list of them yesterday, and now I can't remember it. Uh, I'm trying to think of people that anyone would know. Uh, Albert Eiler, big jazz guy. Uh, A lot of jazz, mostly, I will say. Yeah. I don't listen to a lot of, but uh, recorded with someone named Boogaloo Joe Jones, which is a great name. Yeah, if nothing else, it's a great name. (laughs) Yeah. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Laura Nairo, Al Green. Uh, if you've heard some tracks from like the '60s or '70s, there's a good chance he's been uh, he's been on the Skins, as they say. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, he worked with uh, a recent band called uh, 
Wolfpack, which I always assumed was like some kind of like racist neo-Nazi punk band based on their name. Because <laughs> it just sounds like Wolfpack or something. But uh, they're just like a white boy funk outfit. I was Oh, okay. I looked at them and I was like, these just look like uh, like the soy face guy, like online. The soy face guy? He's just a guy who's going like, like a big <laughs> open mouth and excited. And he's got, uh, he just kind of looks like a typical millennial, but he's too excited. So people like have turned him into a meme. Oh, okay. Uh, for just being like overexcited about dumb stuff. Those guys all kind of look like that. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. They all just look like... Uh, Thin little hipsters with like receding hairlines and excited faces, but they get to play with Bernard Purdy. So that's pretty cool. And he did the soundtrack to for Lila. Lila. Yeah, that's actually including the title song "Sweet Sweet Lila." It's pretty funny because I think uh, they mention it on his Wikipedia page, but uh, there's no Wikipedia page for Lila itself. Right. Yeah. Very unfortunate. Sad. Truly sad. Well, well, that's Bernard. That's Bernard for you, and uh, that's the raincoat report. So, oh yeah, I guess we need to do the rest of the show. So, we'll take a quick break here, and uh, we'll be back to talk more about Lila. Well, we're back on the Raincoat Report talking Lila. Yeah. And, uh, well... I was waiting for you to kick us off. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I, did, I didn't have anything fun to start with. You don't, you just, I'm falling apart. My yeah. body's rebelling against me. I, don't, I, I was, like, there was half of me yesterday that was like, I should just tell Jeremy, let's not record this week. But I feel a little bit better today, at least, so there's mm. that. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll keep it short and sweet. We'll get you back on the couch where you can uh, rest your aching bones. Yes. Well, or, wonderful. Or your My aching inflamed, taint. Yeah, your inflamed internal organs. Whatever's going wrong with you. Something's happening over there. You look awful. Yeah. But the show must go on. The show must go on. Or else. Uh, so, in Lila, we open on headlights and shots of Times Square. As uh, we see Arlo, played by Lawrence Pertilar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lawrence Olivier. Yes, played by Lawrence Olivier. <laughs> uh, once again, uh, in blackface. Much as in, <laughs> in Othello. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, walking the streets all uh, dressed in the... Uh, Traditional pimp wear. Yeah, the finery of the time. Yes, the finery of the time. But uh, he's looking around at all the signs and lights and stuff, and 
It just reminds me as somebody who wasn't alive during this period that Times Square used to be a very different place. It was oh, a lot more exciting. There's a giant head that's just blowing smoke out of its mouth, I guess, for cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I wish we had those still. Yeah. We don't have any giant heads anymore now. We just have fucking QR codes. Yeah, we just have QR codes. We don't even have a camel that smokes anymore. Yeah, we just have... All our cigarette ads are woke now. They're all about <laughs> how you're going to get cancer and not how refreshing it is. Yes, there are 85% uh, warnings and <laughs> 25% somebody smiling. Yeah, in Europe they put like a fucked up looking person on the case. So I'm glad we don't do that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like it. Uh, but yeah, as this is going on, we get our theme song. Like they have cancer. They don't look fucked up because they're European. I want to right. Make that clear. Okay. Yeah. G- just a reminder to our European audience. Yeah. I don't think you're all freaks. Just some of you. Yeah. And some of you are the good kind of freaks. Some of you are castle freaks because there's a lot of castles over there. Oh yeah. Yeah. One of these Boss, days. Can you check our castle freak demographic? <laughs> <laughs> there isn't a bar graph for that on Anchor, unfortunately. That is unfortunate. Uh, but. Yeah, we get our theme song, Sweet Sweet Lila, which the chorus uh, mostly says Sweet Sexy Lila, but the credits confirm that it's titled Sweet Sweet Lila, sung by Bernard Purdy, who is also the composer for the full film, as we discussed. Sings, plays, composes, triple threat. Yeah, he's a man for all seasons. He's a legend, and he's pretty much always lived in Maryland or New Jersey. Okay. Strange places to choose to take up residence. Yeah, I mean, I get, I sort of get Jersey. You know, you're you're next to New York, but you're not in the thick of the shit. Yeah, you can commute in and work with the urethra. Uh, and I guess you know Maryland. You're close to Washington D.C., so you can cause some. Yeah, he's going there. National chaos. He's going there and lobbying. He thinks and to get rid of, uh, like sound limits and suburban areas because i want to play my drums all fucking night yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh but as the credits continue we get some daytime shots of uh lila our leading lady here who is uh played by jennifer lee uh she's riding a bike around through a crowd on the street Uh, And then we cut inside to a couple on stage practicing sex positions as Arlo looks on. Uh, We cut to Lila, who's backstage at this place getting uh, dressed. Near the stage, a woman is talking to another woman about her man as uh, Lila sits down in a chair nearby. We see Arlo talking to another guy here. Uh, I'll add that most of the characters in this movie are not named. No. So, uh, there's a lot of, uh, nondescript descriptions I'm going to give. That's, yeah, for sure. I don't, yeah, most of them don't have names. I don't know who any of them are. Uh, Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you click on, like I said, if you click on the IMDb for almost everybody here, there's just this one movie, so. It's fine. It's like, uh, I like it because they're probably all, like, New York theater people or something like that, like, um. Similar to uh, Bible. Yeah, yeah. Where it was mostly just people that uh, Poole had found, like in the theater scene. I'm sure there's a similar thing going on here. Yeah. But uh, Arlo's talking to another dude here, and he's... he's It took me a while to figure out exactly what he was talking about, but he's basically complaining about how 
there's all these uh, white people who are like money men who are putting all their money into pornos and stuff. Yeah. But they won't uh, give Arlo any money to put into these erotic arts without giving him a ton of shit. Yeah, yeah. There's a... Just kind of wants to build like something for uh, himself and uh, the the black community. It yeah. Seems like outside of the white man's uh, terrible money system. Yeah. I get it. It's a... It, it does give him like a compelling character trait kind of from the go. Yeah. That uh, he has sort of like a deeper than you would think a man dressed up like a pimp would be. Yeah. Although uh, I would say that his he's definitely complex as we'll see through his actions throughout the yeah, film. Yeah. He's an interesting character. Yeah. I, I like Arlo. Uh, he's pretty cool. <laughs> But uh, he wants to put the profits from all of this into some good for the community. Uh, and he talks about making stars of the people on stage. Yeah, he wants to do like an erotic review. So Arlo dismisses the couple who are practicing sex moves on stage and uh, tells everybody to go. But Lila comes up on stage and talks to Arlo. And Arlo tells her to come back tomorrow. But she's insistent that she can't come back tomorrow. And she wants to show him her act. He asks her if she fucks on stage, and she doesn't. He tells her again, well, you should come back later. But the guy who's sitting at the piano there uh, starts playing music and tells Arlo to give her a chance. So she dances to the piano music and starts to sing, but she's singing really poorly at this point. Well, yeah, you know. Arlo tells her to open her black throat. And uh, he demonstrates this by grabbing her face and squeezing her jaw to force her mouth open. Uh, He then makes out with her hard with her mouth open, telling her she had to open her mouth up that wide. So the guy at the piano starts to play again, and uh, this time we hear a full band kick in, although there's only a guy at the piano here. They're behind Um, the curtain. But uh, she sings a seductive song, uh... With the chorus, Touch Me Again, over and over. Uh, she's very successful at this point, is the important part. Yeah, Where she's... she was very timid and not uh, tonally on at all before she is now uh, I think, successful. I think we'll see later that she's a more accomplished uh, recorder player. She is. She gets closer to Arlo and gestures towards him seductively as she's singing ultimately grinding against him, and then she sinks down and starts blowing Arlo. Yeah. As the guy on the piano continues to play and watch, uh, we get a shot from behind of her fingering herself as she sucks Arlo's cock. She licks and strokes Arlo, finishing him off before going back to sucking his tip more. We cut to the streets and see Lila and Arlo in the backseat of a car being driven around. Arlo asked to be dropped off because he wants to speak to Rogers. They are in a, like, European car. They are, yeah. The, the chauffeur's on the wrong damn side. Oh, no, I didn't catch that part. Yeah, yeah, no, he's, uh, it's on the wrong one. I don't know which one. We're on the left, maybe? Or we're on the right? I don't know. We're on, we're on the left, left if you're sitting in the car. Yeah, he's on the right. He's just chauffeuring through traffic in uh, Arlo's very nice car. Yes. 
So we see Arlo enter the building where Rogers apparently works, and uh, he speaks to Rogers' secretary, again unnamed. He has to speak to Rogers, and she turns him down. He tries to sweet-talk her a bit, but it doesn't seem to really work here. Arlo then decides to just take off towards Roger's office, and his secretary intercepts Arlo. She's very dedicated to her boss. Yes. She tells Arlo that she has a brown belt. Yeah. Arlo asks if she's paid to throw her body in front of that slumlord's door, but the secretary stops him and just says that she's required by law to tell him that her hands are deadly weapons. (laughs) So Arlo and the secretary both get into fighting stances and kind of circle each other for a moment. And then Arlo forces the secretary to the ground, mounting her on the ground. Yeah, he gives her like a real like a chop on the neck and yeah. then just, she kind of goes down and he just forces her to the ground. And it's a little hard to tell what's happening. The yeah. uh, fight choreography isn't perfect. Right, right. Arlo tells her that he's going to leave her there and go see Rogers. And the secretary says, you're not going to rape me? Yeah, it seems like he's like he's maybe like tied her up in something she was wearing. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, something happened. Arlo responds, rape you? She explains that Rogers isn't there and tells Arlo, come here before I put a karate chop on your cock. Yeah. <laughs> and as we've seen before, that can be fatal. Yes. <laughs> So Arlo opens up the secretary's shirt and pulls up her dress and starts to finger her and rub on her chest. She has some big naturals. She does. You can like really see him hanging like when she's still dressed. Yeah. They're like down around her waist or <laughs> around, you know, you know where they're at. Yeah. They're just down there and they're nice. Um, I was like, damn. Yeah. she's <laughs> She's got some, some hooters on her. Yeah. I've been noticing, I think, hooters more lately. I don't know what it is. I mean, they're great. I've got my eye on them lately. (laughs) Uh, So he starts to finger her and rub on her. He rolls her over and fingers her holes a bit. And then he grabs a hot dog off of a bun and starts to fuck her with it. So I didn't realize what was happening at first, but I believe at this point she thinks that he's fucking her. Yeah. So she's exactly it. So she demands it deeper, and he obliges before he starts redressing. She looks up, and he says, So long, bitch. Enjoy your lunch. Yeah, that was her hot dog. The secretary looks up shocked and pulls the hot dog out of herself and holds it and stares at it. We then cut to Lila. (laughs) Good bit. I like it. Uh, The woman in this scene is unidentified by the Internet Adult Film Database, so... Who knows who she is, but uh, she was she was a good-looking lady. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd like to see more of her. Yeah, she's gone. This is it. But uh, we cut back to Lila dialing her phone, causing the phone to ring in Arlo's place. How would you describe this place, Jeremy? Arlo's place? Yes. Well, one thing I want to say is, does, before we get to that, does Lila have, like, is her afro gray here? Or is it the lighting? Um, I am not sure. It looks like it's grayer than it was in the theater scene, but the theater was darker. Right. She middle-aged. Uh, I don't know. I've heard that black doesn't crack. We really, once again, we've really fucked up by having Sally on last week instead of this week. Yeah, we fucked up. She would be able to, I actually told her we were covering like an all black one and she was mad that she wasn't going to be on it. So uh, well, next one, we're going to get her. 
Yeah. She, yeah, she wants it. She uh, she loves it. She loves fine black films. And so do I. Yeah. Like Lila. Or uh, uh, Black Knight. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. Um, but, but yeah, this this place let me describe that Arlo's, Arlo's at. place. Yeah, Arlo's home, his penthouse, his uh, office space, whatever this is, has walls that are. I'm gonna call them chrome. Yeah. Uh, but they kind of also look like tinfoil a little bit. They're they're metallic in some way. Yeah, they're like metallic panels. Everything is sunken. Uh huh. Like into the floor, like uh, how there were like conversation pits and stuff in like seventies and eighties homes. Uh, this extends to the bathtub, which you have to step down to get into. Yes. Uh, but also the windows for this place <laughs> are like giant amber portholes yeah they're like orange bubbles yeah they're like the kind of thing you would see on like a burger king like play place or something like that but they're like tinted like a dark amber it is a thoroughly str- i don't think i've seen any place like this it looks like the set like one of the sets from like star babe or something like that <laughs> yeah it, it looks like something that like if jess franco came across it he would definitely put it in a movie definitely it does it's a very uh franconian location yeah <laughs> uh yeah like even there's like a tv in the middle of the floor and it's like a weird art piece like I think the, I maybe the housing have... of it's like mm-hmm. i think i might have missed that yeah the housing of it's like weird plastic blocks together it's, oh wow <laughs> it's wow it's wild yeah i need to know more there wasn't a unfortunately this one didn't have like a location special feature on it no yeah there was there were no special features for this guy i don't think so was this in like uh one of the like vinegar syndrome like doubles or did you this was actually released by uh it? dark force video okay, who... i didn't see the i didn't see the vs thing come up at the end so i was yeah. like oh, i guess it's, i don't know yeah, they don't do very many adult releases, so this was kind of just a random thing they put out, and it's pretty cool that they did. Yeah, good pick. Thank you, Dark Force Video. I assume it might still be available for people. I believe so. So, you know, check that out. Google that. Uh, Dark Force Video, if you're listening, that's like $3. It's $1.50 per host. I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's... Uh, darkforcesuperstore.com. Okay, yeah, the superstore. I figure we we basically plug Vinegar Syndrome every episode, so yeah, we'll might plug as some well. Dark Force. Yeah, you know they they did uh, one of these, and uh, they should be praised for it. Maybe they should do some more. Yeah, if enough people pick up a copy of Lila, maybe we'll get a uh, more Dark Force porno. Yeah, I don't know. Anyhow, running out of steam on this uh, <laughs> un- on this unpaid advertisement. <laughs> if they paid me three dollars, though, I could go for a while. Yeah. Arlo answers the phone and tells Lila that he was impressed by her audition. Lila tells him she loves his big cock and gets Arlo to start having phone sex with her as she lays naked on the bed. So she's being really seductive with him, and it's pretty hot here. Yeah, uh, but as she- phone sex scene. Yeah. Yeah. But as she's talking, we cut to some women at a switchboard here, uh, played by Andrea True and Cindy West. 
Oh, I know one of those people. We need a more, more, more button. Oh yeah, we we could work on that. Okay, that's ne- that's doable. Next week, I want more. Next week, we won't have Andrea True. The week after that, <laughs> find Andrea True. I'll get my button. I'll be set. Uh, but yeah, Cindy West uh, on the in. On the Internet Adult Film Database, she has 74 credits. So like Andrea True, she's a, she's a veteran here. She's a known factor. Uh, anyhow, uh, the women at the switchboard are uh, doing their job at the switchboard, whatever that is. I don't understand how phones work at this point in time. but uh, My phone doesn't work at all right now. I can't make or receive calls. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I can get texts, but... No one's been able to call me for like a month and a half. <laughs> uh, do you miss it or no? It's fine. <laughs> you really don't need it, actually. Fair enough. I don't know anyone that wants to call me. Yeah. And people that do want to call me want money. As we've explained before, Dark Force won't pay me. <laughs> I don't have any money. Well, Simple economics. <laughs> So the switchboard ladies hear a buzz and plug a cord into the switchboard for whatever reason. I don't know what they're doing. But the switchboard lady and her co-worker listen in shock and amusement and, ar- and arousal at this phone call. As uh, Lila's talking Arlo off. And uh, Arlo is, of course, returning the favor, telling Lila to slide it in and out as she's playing with herself. Look my balls, baby. Look my ass. Yeah. Caressing her stuff. body, she's rubbing herself with lotion. Um, meanwhile, the switchboard ladies start to make out and caress each other. There's that weird sound on the soundtrack that we've had before. It sounds like a bunch of wires like clanging together, like from a Scooby-Doo cartoon. I really don't know what makes that noise. If you know, <laughs> please send me a message. <laughs> I forget which other film had it, but we've covered one before where I've just called it the Scooby-Doo sound. Okay. You know it if you heard it. Again, you weren't listening enough. I guess not. You don't have an audiophile's ear. No, I don't. You have a pedophile's ear. I do not. On a necklace, because you killed him. Okay, I'll I'll go that far, yeah. All right. There you go, boss. It's got boss to admit to murder live. (laughs) Arlo starts to undress, and the switchboard ladies uh, also undress and make out. Arlo also turns on the shower, his weird orange bubble bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, the the tub sunk into the floor. I would die getting in or out of this, I think. Yeah. Uh, Andrea True goes down on Cindy on the couch. Lila's still playing with herself when Arlo gets back on the phone, stroking his cock. Lila then play and then picks up a flute. I don't know if it's a flute or a recorder. Okay, you might be right. A recorder though is just like a primitive flute for children. Right. Yeah, it might be a recorder. But I think a flute you got to play it to the side, like yeah. Ian Anderson. Well, clarinets you play downward. Maybe it's a clear. I don't know. It's some sort know. of uh, thing you blow through. I only know from the skin flute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Everyone plays that a little different. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, another woman walks into Arlo's place uh, and sees Arlo standing there stroking his cock. 
He tells her he'll be with her in a moment, and he continues to uh, have phone sex with Lila as she's standing there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Meanwhile, Lila's fucking herself with whatever instrument this is. Yeah. If you know, uh, like the Scooby-Doo sound, please let me know. (laughs) Lila's dog, meanwhile, is watching and judging. Yeah, she's got one of those weird little, like, ragged dogs. I don't know what kind of dog it is. Is it a Bichon Frise? I know that's kind of a, a little funky dog. Is it a Yorkie? Reach out to Jeremy and tell him. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. If you can identify a lot of things in this film, um, be like a guest host. <laughs> so we end the phone sex and cut back to Arlo. And uh, he's talking to Helen, who he who explains to him is there to do a survey for the International Black Cooking Manual and Entertainment Quarterly, a line that she has a lot of trouble getting out and stumbling through. He tells her to follow him, and she follows him off screen. The switchboard ladies are still going at it. Arlo walks into another room, and Helen asks him what kind of soul food he likes. His response is to forcefully stick his head up her dress, causing her to repeatedly yell out, Stop! This continues for a bit, and then, this transitions into what appears to be a sensual lovemaking scene in Arlo's crazy bathtub. Yes. So, he forces himself on her, mm-hmm. but I guess she's uh, into it eventually. Yeah. I thought if her, like, I wasn't sure what her purpose was. I assumed she was, like, she just wandered in. Mm-hmm. I assumed she was, like, maybe, like, his stage manager or something like that. Yeah, I thought she worked with she him in some way. She had a clipboard, and I was like, oh, he's going to get me too for, like, doing a little uh, Louis C.K. in front of her. <laughs> but that doesn't seem to be the case here. It was way too early to get me too Yeah. Do you have a favorite soul food? I don't think I do. I have no. been. Yeah. You, I, I don't feel like I've had enough white. soul food. Yeah, I'm too. Popeyes. Popeyes is, a, is your favorite. I mean, I like Popeyes. We all love Popeyes. I don't know that that counts as soul food. I'm going to say it does. Or Indies. <laughs> okay. It's fried chicken. I think that I like counts. fried chicken. Okay, that counts. Uh, I was uh, invited to the cookout, which is the thing that black people say sometimes. Okay. But when you get invited to the cookout and you're white, I guess they don't like white people there. But uh, <laughs> I I was invited once and never again. And I'll tell you why. The night before, I'd had. Part of a Crave case, which for our (laughs) non-American listeners is a bunch of tiny, greasy hamburgers that you just kind of fuel yourself with and you've had too much to drink. Well, it's also worth noting that this isn't available in all of America as well. That's true. Sometimes they have crystals. Yeah, White Castle is what we're talking about. We're talking about White Castle, which is, to me, more American than McDonald's. <laughs> Fair enough. I feel more of a sense of patriotic pride when I'm slamming a crave case and when I'm eating <laughs> a quarter pounder. I'll tell you what. But uh I've had part of a crave case, which as anyone who's eaten one uh knows, it plays it wrecks real havoc on your like in your insides. Yes. Now uh, I had that the night before. We went to the to the so called cookout. I had some of their food, which was fine. It was good. I enjoyed it. But uh soon caught up with severe debilitating stomach cramps <laughs> yeah. and i was in the bathroom for a long time and i thought i might die in there <laughs> even though i'll be honest nothing was like happening 
Yeah. I was just dying on the toilet. Yeah. But everyone there assumed it was because the food they made was too spicy for my white stomach. <laughs> and I want to get it on record now that that was not the case. And I don't know which my favorite soul food was. There was some really good macaroni and cheese that I remember, which probably okay. contributed to to the zero movement of the uh, crepe case. <laughs> All the same, I was sweating and dying. And it's not because I can't handle a little seasoning. I can. I can't <laughs> handle that many little hamburgers. <laughs> That's it. Okay, so uh, in Arlo's bathtub, he fucks Helen, who's on her back in there, uh, head above the water. Uh, and then he fucks her with her on his lap for a bit and uh, seems to finish at some point. We cut back to the switchboard operator ladies answering an onslaught of calls, naked and annoyed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they weren't even, like, patching his call through. She just plugged some shit in and, like, ended up on the line. Yeah. That's illegal. Unless you're the FBI. Yeah. Yeah, you can't just wiretap someone's phone sex. That's not nice. It's fucked up. It is fucked up. But it was the 70s. You could do whatever you want in the 70s. I missed out. (laughs) So then we cut to, uh, as he's credited, the preacher, played by John D. Montgomery. He's uh, leading a choir of ladies, including Lila, uh, through some gospel songs. And this continues for a couple minutes here. As they end and the rest of the choir leaves, Lila approaches the preacher and she says something to him that we don't hear. And the preacher reacts with shock, asking her if she's lost her confidence. Lila explains that she has to sing on Saturday and he tells her about trusting in the Lord and opening her mouth and other stuff. Yeah. Um, he notes he'll be back and steps away for a minute. And two other women from the choir walk up to Lila. Lila tells the women the preacher doesn't understand that she has to do more than just sing. And the ladies say that they'd like to get in on whatever it is if they need more people. But Lila starts to explain to them that they don't know everything about what she's doing. But all of this is interrupted by the preacher who runs in screaming to call a doctor. Mm Mm-hmm. They try to figure out what happened and ask if he's bleeding. And no, he's not bleeding, but he happened to get his dick caught in a zipper. Oh, okay. I couldn't quite understand. I, I, it makes The zipper makes more sense. I thought somehow he had slammed his dick into the door. Yeah, I had to back it up and rewatch it a couple times yeah. to figure out exactly what was happening. But he does say something about getting his dick or his prick or whatever caught yeah. in his zipper. Okay. I thought maybe God had struck him <laughs> at first. And then I was like, Oh yeah, God, <laughs> God slammed a door on his dick and opened a window. <laughs> uh, the women help him down to the ground and pull down his pants. And soon one woman is undressing and singing to the preacher as Lila starts to softly suck his dick. Hmm. This continues for a bit as Lila's friend cradles his head, uh, naked. Then Lila mounts the preacher cowgirl and slowly rides him. This continues for a bit, and we see the preacher uh, mounting Lila on the floor, and then Lila riding him in turn, with a hand reaching in to play with his balls. This goes on for a bit, and after a bit, the scene just kind of ends. 
We cut to Mr. Rogers visiting Arlo at his club. Arlo is trying to make him coffee, but Rogers repeatedly tells him that he doesn't want coffee. Rogers says he needs dough before the audience comes in. He says, no bucks, no fucks. They get into an argument that leads to Arlo slapping Rogers and taking Rogers to the ground and dragging him in a way that seems to be stimulating his masochistic side. Yeah, he, like, tells him to, like, kick him in the ass and stuff like that. Uh, (laughs) This is after he calls him a number of slurs. Uh, yes. Yeah, he doesn't just hit him unprovoked, uh, we should say. Uh, yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, we cut to Arlo with Rogers tied up somewhere. He just leaves him there. Arlo tells Rogers now he's fucked both him and his secretary. Nice. We see the audience filling in to the theater, and there's a French couple there joking about how the Rockettes don't do the things they're going to see here. Oh, yeah. (laughs) In the dressing room, Lila's approached by a guy there. He comes in and talks about how he's a small guy and all the ladies there are so big. He then tries to get her to put her hand in his pants and she pushes him away and tells him... Who is this? A guy. Okay, just a guy. Okay, he's just like a random... Like someone in the band or something. Yeah. Someone who works for Arlo. Probably. Hopefully. He's just yeah, a random guy off the street. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, he tries to get her to put her hand in his pants, and she pushes him away and tells him she needs to save herself for for the show. The guy tells Lila a sad sack story about how he had a woman in the past, and it took him a while, but he finally worked up the courage to make her move, and then he found out that she had a dick and balls. Yeah, uh, but she had huge boobs, uh. She had large boobs, is what he says. Yeah. I feel like after that many dates, after he says how good she was at like grinding on him. Uh-huh. He's gotta go with it. <laughs> you know, I don't think there's any any cause to be uh, you know, homophobic. Yeah. Transphobic. There's uh, you know, just a little guy. You gotta take it where you can get it. Yeah. He's like five four. Get it in where you can fit it in. That's right, and he's small. He can fit in a lot of places. <laughs> this leads him to try to grab a hold of Lila, leading her to break a bottle over his head. Yeah, I thought that was going to be it, but the scene goes on. He asks Lila if she thinks his dick is small, having pulled it out by now. Oh yeah, hold on. <laughs> Giving him the bonk of the week. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> She says she doesn't, and he whines a little bit more about nobody liking him, but Lila says, I like you, and kisses him. Which I think was a mistake on her part. Yeah. She can't encourage this behavior. I don't know who this man is. Yeah. No one knows who this man is. (laughs) We cut back to the stage of the club, and we get a live performance of Sweet Sweet Lila, as uh, the band's playing, a woman in nothing but a G-string dances around them. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, This goes on for quite a while, and we get some cutaways backstage to where the guy's banging Lila on the floor of the dressing room now. At first we see Lila on top of him, then him on top of her, fucking her missionary for quite a bit. I'm thinking, all this should be on stage. Yeah. Well, she was trying to save herself for the show, but this guy is... She was trying to save herself... Really fucking things up. She was trying to save herself for the show, and then immediately went to fucking him. Yeah. (laughs) 
We see the guy super sweaty as he finishes. And Arlo then walks in and asks if she's having a good time, telling her that she's on in two minutes. Then we cut to Lila's stage performance. She's singing in a long red dress with a pink feather boa wrapped around her neck. She seductively dances, singing about sleeping with a man as she starts to take off her long gloves and then her boa. She reveals more and more, eventually dropping off her dress to reveal a red G-string, leading her to thrust her pelvis at the floor for a bit. This song kind of comes to a stopping point, and she walks down into the audience where yeah. a couple of guys slip bills into her G-string. It's like a Lion King. <laughs> a guy tries to push a bill into her vagina, and Lila tells him, that's a five, not a C note, leading to the audience laughing. <laughs> Yeah, they love this one. The musical performance continues with Lila and two other women who might be her choir friends from I earlier. That's who they're supposed to be, I would reckon. Uh, they Everyone's real glitzed and glammed up here, we should note. Yeah, they're uh, leading another number where there's also a group of guys dancing on the other side of the stage in white bodysuits with uh, glittery cod pieces. Yes. They sing and dance, and the guys thrust and do backup vocals. Uh, the chorus of the song goes, I'm all pink on the inside, all black on the outside, so won't you come, come inside. Oh, yeah. This continues for a while with these guys thrusting at the ladies on stage. As the song crescendos, the guys sink to the floor as they continue to thrust and moan, and then they rip away their cod pieces yeah. to reveal their flopping cocks as they thrust. Yeah, this is like uh, that Lenny Kravitz moment. I think where he <laughs> did like the splits, and his pants just popped open, and his big floppy dick was just hanging out. Yeah, yeah, very much uh, reminded me of that. Beautiful. Uh, the ladies rip away their dresses as well, and we see them all dancing naked. Arlo's, meanwhile, walking through the audience and checking tickets. He makes it to uh, the French lady that we saw before and tells her that she's the winner. They're surprised, and they're especially surprised when he reveals that the prize, apparently, is Arlo waving his cock at her. Yes, that's a, that's a great prize. The guy from the French couple yells, we're leaving, and they start to run out, but Arlo grabs the woman, snatching her up and ripping away her clothes as he drags her onto the stage. And some of Arlo's goons, I guess, or doormen, I guess? Yeah. yeah. They grab up the husband. Okay, I was trying to figure out what happened to him. Yeah, I don't know if he got thrown out or was just held back, but uh, he doesn't reappear. No. So Arlo forces the French lady down onto the rug on the stage and rubs on her a bit before he starts to go down on her. At that point, she starts to really get into it. The music is still playing and apparently everyone's still dancing. The French lady is down to her brown knee-high boots as this goes on. Arlo stands up and tells the naked dancing guys on stage, Okay, boys, she's all yours. So the guys surround the French lady and start to make out with her and touch all over her body, soon getting to fingering her. The lady gets a handful of the guy's cocks and starts to give them some good strokes. She gets to doing some sucking as well as the audience claps and cheers. 
We then see her mount one of the guy's cowgirl on the floor as she strokes another guy with her hand. Another guy steps up and puts his cock in her mouth. We see this continue for a bit with her sucking and stroking and riding in a couple of configurations. We then see one guy fucking her missionary as she strokes uh, the other two guys' cocks. One of the guys fucks her doggy style as the other guys caress her. And uh, this guy finally pulls out and the French lady finishes him off with her hands and licks his tip and strokes him a bit more. We see the four of them collapsed onto the stage in a pile on the rug there. And then we cut to a shot of Arlo walking through Times Square again with just the end overlaid on the screen. And that's it. Wow. And that was Lila. She got sidelined a little bit in her own show. She did. I guess it really wasn't her show. It was Arlo's show, but... yeah. She got she got well featured. She got multiple musical acts. Some should have been called Arlo. You're right. Arlo's song. <laughs> Sounds beautiful. All right. Well, we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be back to give our final thoughts on Lila. Arlo's song. On Arlo's song. Thank you. my cough so you have to cut them out (laughs) you're welcome well welcome back (laughs) yes we're back on the raincoat report talking about lila and it's time once again for the raincoat review (laughs) what's so damn funny (laughs) never understood um (laughs) i like this film but uh I would say I have some reservations about it okay. in general. I, I feel like it was a, a film that had a very strong start and kind of petered out as it reached the end. I don't know if they was due to budgetary concerns or maybe like like time constraints they had for filming it. Yeah. Or just maybe the script kind of lacked the structure overall. But uh, we start out with... Uh, a pretty interesting and uh, unique idea with uh, Arlo being the sort of independent creator trying to get his vision out into a world in uh, in a white world, we'll say, you know, especially at the time. Like, I don't think it's really much of a surprise to say that a lot of pornography business and even just regular Hollywood at this time was uh, a bit exclusionary still. Yeah. Though this did come in like the middle of like the black exploitation wave. Sure. But uh, that's pretty interesting, I think. Uh, And he has a little monologue about that sort of thing. And then he meets Lila, who's like his new and 
up-and-coming talent that he has to uh, sort of coach into a performance-ready role. Yeah. Yeah, and it also has a little bit uh, of his uh, dealings with uh, the, the white power structure at the time in the form of his landlord and even his secretary Yeah, to a bit, and uh, the expectations that are put upon him by uh, that world. And so it sets up kind of uh, what could be a fairly nuanced uh, exploration of sex and power through like a uh, African-American lens, mm-hmm. but uh, it kind of loses that by the third act where it just becomes like uh, black beyond the green door. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that was disappointing to me. I feel like the film had set up its characters to be a little bit more than stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Like even though like Arlo like subverts them a couple times, like when the secretary says like expects him to uh, rape her and he just right. ends up using a hot dog and being like, fuck you, I'm out of here <laughs> or uh, getting like the drop on his masochistic landlord. Right. Things like that. But then it ends with him just pulling a white woman out of the audience and having a, a bunch of black dudes fuck her. And I feel like that was kind of a sour note yeah. <laughs> uh, when you had this other kind of stuff set up beforehand. Right. Uh, so ultimately, there's a very interesting film here that that we kind of sort of get, but it, it sort of falls into uh, cliches by the end. So you get a sort of above average like mid-70s porno film out of it. But uh, I was a little disappointed with the overall product. So the ending of it, I think, it feels a bit lazy and cliched. And as I mentioned at the end, uh, Lila sort of gets sidelined in her own, her own show for someone who has the title of the film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, a bit disappointing. But there is a lot to like here still. Uh, the situations are funny. I love Arlo's crazy apartment. Uh, the funk soundtrack, I think, is pretty great. We get some yeah. original songs. Uh, overall, I would give this film about a three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I could see giving it higher if it had went in a different direction. This is a pornographic story that uh, I think you could use a nice retelling. I think it's time has come. Yes. Arlo's song. <laughs> we live in a world of remakes and reboots. Why yeah. not Lila? Yeah. You know, and they usually remake stuff that's good, and it's time we cast an eye towards remaking stuff that wasn't great. Right. Really putting a putting a shine on it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what that's what I like. I like a nice shine. <laughs> nice shine job. Oh. Yeah. The shining. Shining job. <laughs> that's uh oh boy. A lot of blood involved in that, I'll tell you what. Anyhow <laughs> Yeah, uh, I would say that this movie was interesting. I like the soundtrack. I think that the sex was, I would just say okay. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, it wasn't bad. Um, no, I don't think, there weren't like a lot of like porno professionals involved. Yeah. I think someone with like a, like someone with a better cinematographer's eye could have caught some of this better, but yeah. Yeah, um, I'll say that, uh, in addition to the soundtrack, I think that like the the phone sex with Arlo and Lila was fun. Yeah, that was good. I like that scene. Um, I would 
also say that I, I kind of like Arlo just being just a super confident, like, dude taking charge of situations throughout the day, even if he uh, forces himself on a couple of women throughout the film. Yeah, I think he's uh, a, Which is questionable. Yeah, it's questionable, but I think at the end, he's a... He's a pretty complex character for a, a porno leading man, you know. Yeah, he's yeah. He's got some. He's got some depth to him. He's problematic, very human. Arlo's uh, song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm. I'm gonna give this three stars as well. I feel like that's fair. I feel like if they'd made it a couple years later, I could probably there would have been more focus. I do still feel like we're in the early seventies where they're still fucking around a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do applaud this film for kind of not being stereotypical, uh, in its depiction of its characters, because typically when we've seen like a black actor in, uh, one of these films, it's someone like in, uh, taboo two or maybe one of the pretty peaches where there's just like a black guy shows up at the, at the hotel, like, bangs a lady, and, like, the white guy shows up, and he's like, damn, and he just runs off. Uh, yeah, I think stuff, that's pretty peaches, too. Yeah, stuff like that, typically, is what we get. And uh, and even in a film like uh, Erotic, like the Erotic Canterbury, Tales of Canterbury, uh, there's, like, he's a staple boy or something, but he's just there to, like, be a stud for the queen or whatever so yeah and i mean even of the era the most featured black role is uh johnny keys and beyond the green door that's true and he uh to say that his representation in that film might be problematic (laughs) is uh an understatement it's a bone necklace right yeah yeah uh well bernard i want bernard purdy's big uh he had a big africa medallion in this oh yeah it's it's real step up we'll say (laughs) Um, uh, but yeah, yeah three stars at the same because as a pornographic film, I don't think it totally succeeds. Yeah, yeah. But there's definitely enough there to make it a uh, a worthwhile watch. Yeah. So uh, that's Lila. That's Lila. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Raincoat Report, Raincoat Report at Gmail dot com if you want to send us an email. Uh, mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash Raincoat Report if you'd like to support us. $5 a month, you get ad-free episodes, uh, early access to episodes, and exclusives. Yes. Uh, this Friday, we're going to talk about movies. Yeah, I'm going to lay out a defense of uh, the latest franchise I finished. Okay. So you'll, uh, you'll learn about that for $5 a month. <laughs> but until then, if you're a, if you're a famous president... You're going to raw dog a porn star. Don't forget your raincoat. 